And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, hello to everyone and welcome to the Weighing In Podcast. We've got a ton of t- talk about in that combat sports world. My man, Josh Thompson, is just sitting there ready to just douse you with knowledge. I can see it. Mm-hmm. He's just, look at the glasses are on. They're actually clean this time. There's no fingerprints all over him. <laughs> so he's ready to go. How you feeling, my brother? You feel a little better than the last time, hopefully? Yeah, I feel a little bit better. Uh, the aches and the chills are not there anymore, but you know. Just a little feel like a little worn down that kind of position. So, but it's been a, it's been a good it's been a good week. I think a lot of what it's funny. I read I, I read the comments still here and there once in a while. Not as much as I used to. And everyone's like, "Man, why is he always sick? Or why does he always have allergies?" I'm like, I don't think people get it. Like, <clears throat> once we get into Chicago, let's say we go to Chicago, we go to over overseas, you know, whether it's Ireland, Italy, whatever it is. Yep. <clears throat> I I come in on the last flight. You know, because you don't want to leave your family that long. So you're coming on the last flight. So that means as soon as I land at 8.30 in the morning or 9 in the morning. We're go going to work. To, I go straight to the hotel. We sit for five hours of fighter meetings. <clears throat> so we sit for those. No food. No Like normally there's no time for food. If there is, it's like, hey, can you guys get me a, a sandwich or something on the go or a salad or something? And, and we don't. Hold on. We don't eat through. it in the fighter meetings because the fighters are all cutting weight. So we don't eat in front exactly. of them. Exactly. So you don't eat in front of them and you try not to bring food that smells because that also is, is uh, I'm sure, a little irritating for the fighters that are cutting weight. And so there's that. <clears throat> then we get done with the fighter meetings and we usually have about 20 minutes, if that, if that, to get to the next location for the next uh, production meeting. So we'll have a talent call meeting or a production meeting that, like right after that, which, look, I'm not complaining about how great our job is. I'm not complaining <laughs> about that. <clears throat> but then just remember when you get on a flight, right? I go to the airport, you're, in a, you're around a bunch of people. You get on a plane, you're surrounded, you're locked into a little cabin with a bunch of people. Then you get off the plane, you get, you know, you're in another Think country. Think about the show. Yeah. You're surrounded by people and people want to take pictures yeah. and shake your hands and that's all great. And, and you know what? You're supposed to do that and give them those opportunities. But Absolutely. a lot of these people, they go to shows and they're sick. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of them are, <laughs> you know, and then as you walk up, every single one wants to shake your hand. And I, and I oh. obviously I would shake everyone's hand. Just say hi, put their arm, you know, whatever they put their arm around you. You put, you know, you wrap, whatever it is. You're, you're having a conversation and uh, most of the time they've been drinking. So there's a little bit of that spit on you. <laughs> like, oh no, there's God. a lot of spit. There's going a lot sometimes. of that. So, but, of you know, it's, beer. it's so fun, man. It's like, and I love it. But then as the fight, you know, there's, there's meetings all through and you're busy the whole time. Fight day is booked. So as soon as 10 a.m. hits, you better have had your breakfast in. You get to the venue. We do rehearsals. You get like usually about an hour to go back to the hotel, get dressed, come right back. And you sit there again. We didn't get out of Chicago, out of the venue until 1, 1 a.m. So I was there. We got there at like noon. <clears throat> I think we left the hotel at noon. Cause a later start, cause it was on more on the uh, mountain central time or whatever it was. So we get there at like say noon, do the rehearsals. I didn't, we didn't leave the venue. We just got dressed there cause it was too far to go back and forth in traffic at three or four o'clock in Chicago. So yeah, we Chicago's just got dressed there, traffic. got a little bit of food there in between. Then we started doing the, and then we did the show. We started to do the show. There was a lot of, you know, back and forth. So I came down to called the first three fights with John, which we haven't done in a long time. So it was fun. And then, um, because we started late for the show, because there was no ambulance there on uh, on site, you can't start a show uh, without an ambulance there. So we started late, and then that happened. Then some of the fights got pushed to post post limbs. So we were there a lot longer than we should have been. But oh yeah, it was a great it was a great night of fights. So we had fun, man. The uh, Kyle Crushman fight was fantastic. Uh, the Mike Camel fight was a fantastic fight. Great fights, but we didn't get out until one o'clock. My car picked me up at three a.m. And 3.15, and I was at the airport by 4.40 or whatever it was. My flight left at 5.50. So I get home, you know, it's, you know, a good long, I have a switch over to Minneapolis, and I, you're at another airport, you get home, all of these things. It all happens so fast, you know, but you're in a bunch of different locations, surrounded by a bunch of different people that majority of them, or not majority, but a lot of them can be sick. And so people are like, man, why are you always sick? And I'm like, well... You know, I travel overnight. I do the red eyes. You know, I don't get very good sleep, you know, and I don't normally sleep a lot as it is. John knows this. And so I think it's just a tendency of like, I'm always healthy. I'm always good. I mean, don't get me wrong. I do. I do tip back a couple of bourbons here and there, <laughs> but it's, this you know, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but no, you know, what's funny is I'm, o- I normally only get sick when I'm, I come home from being on the road. That's it. 
Yeah. Normally. I mean, the, the couple weeks back, remember when I was sick? I think that was more like a food poisoning or something, man. Because I had, it was, it was coming out both ends. <laughs> it was not the business, man. That was a different, that was a different type of sick. This was like sick, like flu sick. So, you know, we, uh, but we feel better today. Just feel a little rundown. That's all, you know, but still got to get up in and do, and do, uh, and do some important things today. Take the little ones important. around. Got camps, got camps, got a pack, you know, get them, get all. Got to buy the fireworks. I bought fireworks. I am ready for the 4th mm. of July. I have got my giant collection. The people, I go to this, it's the world's biggest fireworks store. It says it's pretty damn big. And so, you know, we've become kind of friends and we, you know, every year he's expecting me to come and we sit there and they help me with everything. And it's, it's a whole procedure and stuff, but God damn it. Expensive. Expensive. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I do it. Man. You know, I put on, a, I put on a big 4th of July party for the veteran farmers coalition and stuff. And, you know, I hope, Try to put on something that they can actually enjoy and have a good time, and get some good food, and have a good, at least an hour long, fireworks show with things going off the whole time. So, an yeah. hour long fireworks show? Yeah, baby. It's majority gotta be, it's gotta of reach the, an hour. Majority of the best fireworks shows go for like maybe 12, 12 minutes to twenty minutes. Those yeah. are like the best ones. Yeah. You're saying best an hour one. long? You're, you're crazy. No. These are fantastic. <laughs> That's a lot They're of money. Special. I remember I even got when the I was younger. You, I can light them off of my phone and sit there and I hook everything up. And then, <laughs> so I was living in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho um, <clears throat> for high school. And one of the summers they had the four, you know, every summer they have it out over the lake. But one mm-hmm. summer they were getting ready to start it and they had started, they were like maybe two or three minutes into the fireworks show. And they were, you know, and they have it all out. It's not, it doesn't, it doesn't launch from the actual uh, shore. It launches from a, like a big barge out in from the middle. A barge of the lake. out in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. And that fucking barge caught fire. And that shit went off, John, for like yeah. 10 minutes. That thing just kept yeah. going and going and going. And everyone's like, problem with that is those things are shooting out in directions they're not supposed yeah. to be aimed at because <laughs> they're just sitting there. Yeah. Yeah, and that Ooh, whole barge, that whole barge is surrounded by boats that are out there, white, you know, sitting out there. Oh under yeah, there. so they were yeah. getting shot at, things left and right. But it yeah. went for a good ten minutes, man. It was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. It was, I mean, it wasn't funny at the time because everyone's like, "Man, is everyone okay?" And then on top of it, like, "Wait, yeah. was that the show? What happened?" I, the rest and then of they the go, show? "Is that it? Then that's yeah, it. that's it. Yeah, you that's just it. thought." <laughs> yep. Yep. That was it. Yeah. Um, but hey, John, we got uh we got some good stuff going on this weekend. Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. there's I'll tell you what, the, the UFC's got a hell of a fight coming up, you know, from uh, Jacksonville, Florida. And I, I, one participant in it, Josh Emmett coming off of a loss. He lost that interim bout again with Yari Rodriguez. But the guy he's facing has never lost. Mm-hmm. And I believe he's one of the top fighters there is out there right now. Ilya Tapuria is just a machine. I, you know, you can take a look at some of his fights and he has destroyed guys that are stand up fighters. He has destroyed guys that are great grapplers. This guy's got the full goddamn game and he is good. I tough, mean, tough, tough night for Josh Evan, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, it's gonna hard be to a come off night. a loss. And that, this is your next match. That is that's a handful right there. Yeah. But you know what? I, have, I I agree with you. I'm I'm not in denial whatsoever. I think uh, Taporia definitely has the upper hand. <clears throat> the confidence is there. Being 13 and 0, he's, Dude, he is uh, a rising star. Yeah, and he's got all the tools. Like he's not just a yep. stand up guy. He can stuff your takedowns. He can get his takedowns. He's got nasty ground and pound when he does get to the top. And if you start to make too much space and start to attack the submissions, he'll back out, let you back to your feet, and do it all over again. He is, he's very explosive. He's got all the tools that you're looking for in a top level world class fighter. That's Taporia. Josh Emmett, mainly boxing, you know, has a good wrestling background, doesn't utilize it as mainly much as he power. gets older. Yeah, he's got power. So he's, he's got a puncher's chance. I think he's got a really good puncher's chance, but because Taporia is hittable, he does get hit. In, in some of these exchanges, he does get hit. Now, can you hit him clean? Because he's also got a beard on him. I'm not just talking about his photos. Okay, he's got a real beard on him. Is it someone that can take a shot and 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 deliver one back? So he's got a beard on him. So this this to me, I think that first round is going to be a great fight. But I look where Tapura is somebody that he is someone that he believes in himself so much that he will start to push Josh Emmett back. And if Josh Emmett starts taking steps backwards, 
trouble. That's when he's in trouble. Because then you're now, now you're just target practice for someone like Deporia who can do it everywhere. He can do it on the feet. He can do it with the kicks. He can do it in the wrestling and the ground yeah. and pound. Josh Emmett yeah. can do it by moving forward, chasing after you, smart chasing after you though, and land the big shot. He can do it that way. He can try to get the takedowns, but I don't know how much energy he wants to waste trying to get to that top position to try to do work. So I, I, I'm leaning a lot more towards Taporia getting it done, getting his hand raised. But I mean, at the top of that division though, John, <clears throat> you've got two guys, three actually. You've got Yair Rodriguez, who's just an absolute stud. You've got Volkanovski and you've got um, Max Holloway. Those yep. are the three guys that I think that he'll have a very hard time with. And I, and there's, I think any, any fighter across the world, any, any promotion, anything like that, are going to have a hard time with him with those three fighters. <clears throat> but I'd like to see how they all play out, man, because that's the, him jumping up into that category of being the number, he'd be number three, number two, number one, somewhere in that. I mean, he's right up there in that number four, number five area. You got Arnold Allen there. You got Brian Ortega there. Both those guys are dogs. Both of them are really good. And you throw to pour you in the mix. Those are the top, you know, top four or five best fighters, absolutely all the way around. Just fantastic athletes. So I'm looking forward to seeing how this this whole thing shakes out at the end of Volkanovski and Yair, and where Taporia ends up. And you've got Max fighting a Korean Zombie, which I don't think does Korean anything zombie. for him really. Just gets him a gets him back on no, focus. Just gets and on him track. a fight. Gets 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 him Keeps just him busy. where he is. Yeah, yep. I feel like he's kind of trying. Max is trying to kind of re not reinvent himself reinvents himself, but he's trying to make some adjustments. And so I think maybe he's had a conversation with the UFC because his last fight in this fight, I think you're, you're going to start to see a little bit more of a composed Max Holloway, someone who, sure, he's going he's gonna to hit you and hit you clean, and he's going he's gonna to outbox you, but I think he's going to start working on some new ways to try to mix it up, you know, to try to get away from those calf kicks, try to maybe utilize some of his jitsu that he's so good at that we never see, um, some of the wrestling maybe. But Taporia and no, Josh Emmett, so. nah, you don't think so. But no, no, Taporia and Josh Emmett is a is a fun fight. I think it's a good fan fight. If you're gonna sit at home on fight. this evening and watch, I think you're gonna. It's gonna be an action pack uh, explosion of two guys getting in the center of the cage and getting after. It's gonna be a good fight. Dave, do me a favor and please pull up uh, Taporia's record here, because these are the things that you got to consider when you look at it. Okay, and you can go all the way down, you know, to where. He has his first fight was against a guy that the UFC was very high on in Yusuf Zalal. And he's a good fighter, you know, and that one went to a decision. And they were back and forth with that. And that was the one that you looked and you said, man, that, that guy's got some skill, but you couldn't tell. And then he took on Damon Jackson and just obliterated him in that. Then it was Ryan Hall. And Ryan Hall, we all know, look, Ryan's got an unbelievable, you know, submission game. And he, just stuffed everything Ryan did and crushed him. And then Jai Herbert was the one that I look at. And this, that, this is the one where I went, yeah, people got problems here. Because if you go back, I'll never forget that. I think it was uh, Bisping was the one of the commentators. And like Bisping, you know, I understand why Bisping's a little bit, you know, playing the Homer side of Jai Herbert. He's from, you know, England. And how, look at how wonderful he's looking. But he wasn't looking wonderful. He was moving trying to stay away from Tapuria and the power. And Tapuria landed a fucking left hook to the body and then a straight right over the top that just took freaking Jai Herbert away. Clean KO. And you went and looked and you went, <laughs> Jai Herbert is a good stand-up fighter. Yeah. He does have good skill. He's got good power. He's got good movement. And he just obliterated him. And then he came right back and looked. Bryce Mitchell was what? One one loss or was he undefeated when he went against Apuria? And take a look at, that's a submission win against the guy that everyone undefeated. is going to look at and say, he's a great submission fighter. He's got a ton of submissions. He was undefeated. And he went and submitted him. This kid is so good. Yeah. I, I, I wish, you know, I wish everyone had the skill set that this guy's got. He is that good. He is well, John, the future. I, I look at I look at what's his record? He's 13 and 0. He's had one fight go the distance against uh Yusuf Zalal. Yeah. He's, well, a, he's a really good stand-up guy as well. And, and that was his first fight in the UFC. So a little tight, I'm sure. So scroll back down so I can see his record. But all the other fights are all done in the first and second round. All of them. Mm -hmm. 
You know, Ryan Hall, first round. Uh, Jai Herbert, second round. Bryce Mitchell, second round. Go all the way down. Yusuf Zalal. That was the only one that went the distance out of all of his fights. Damon Jackson, first round. Even before he got to the UFC, all first round, yep. one second round. All of them first round except for one. One was in the second round. Um, but he finished all of them. You know, Cage Warriors. The judges uh, one time. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's impressive. <clears throat> and as he's getting elevated... He's getting better every single time you see him in there. You see his confidence growing too. He's just so, he's so, um, confident in his skills. He understands what he brings to the table. He knows how good he is. He knows what he can do. Very impressive, man. Very impressive. Yeah. So who knows? Where is this his, is I um, I love Josh Hibbett. He's got his hands full. Yeah. This is, this is a hard fight. And look, when you're in, when you're, when you're someone in, at Josh Emmett's status, that's all you can expect, you know, with where you're at and stuff. But man. Coming off of, you know, the hard fight against Yair, man, to, to get this as your next matchup, Josh, you're you're a, you're a bold man for signing on yeah. the line because that's the one you go, can you give me someone else? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, but what are you going to do, man? You just fought for the interim title, yep. came up short. That's it. And at this yep. stage, at this stage of his career and his age, and they know that Tupuria is someone who finishes people, goes out there and brings the action. Well, Josh is one of those guys that will take a shot and give a shot. So let's oh, see yeah. how this all plays out. But I mean, the, the featherweight division in the UFC, those top four or five spots are really stacking up. Man, any of those guys can beat each other in any given day. <clears throat> yeah. Good I stuff. Uh, next fight. Next fight is Amanda Hibas against Macy Barber. This is actually a very interesting fight. Both actually have kind of similar styles. You know, both will stand on the feet. Both are good on the ground. Both have good submissions. I think Macy is a little bit more controlling in what she does on the ground. But that's a really good flyweight matchup and one that, I mean, is going to put, it's going to accelerate because Macy had a little, you know, fall down when she lost to Roxy and stuff. And Amanda had hers. But they've both come back and they've both been looking really good. So this is a great matchup in the flyweight division. Yeah, I think Macy Barber just learned how to get out of her own way. I think she's, I think she's on track. I think she understands what she's she needs young, to do. She's young, man. She's extremely she's young. young. And at a young age, there's a lot to take in when you're, you're making some gains. People are talking about you. You're becoming a little bit of a star. There's a lot of hype around you in an organization in the UFC. And sometimes it's, it can be too much for people. And everyone's like, oh, what are you talking about? This is what they do. No, no, no. Sometimes. The younger fighters just have a hard time adjusting to all the press, all the media attention, all the fan attention, all those things. It starts to get to them. And they, they put the pressure on themselves because they want to be the best. And uh, Macy Barber's jumped through a couple of hoops. She's uh, made some gains. She understands how good she is. But Amanda Hebus is damn good, too. <clears throat> damn so straight. It's going to be, a, I think, a back-and-forth battle. And it really comes down to who can implement their game plan the best. Um Hebus, I think, a little bit longer with the jab, a little bit longer with the stand-up. You know, Macy Barber's going to have to make it a dirty, grimy fight, get inside, clinch against the fence, knees, elbows, all of those things, try to get to that top position. Hebus good off of her back, but I think that Macy Barber's good enough to to control the top position without being submitted. So this will be a fun fight. These first two fights are actually going to be real fun. And also, too, the next fight as well should be a really good fight. Uh, yeah, but Hebus and Barber should be good. Against Austin Lane against Justin Taffa. Taffa is that guy that he walks through everything and just throws bombs and puts people on their butts. But Austin Lane, very talented fighter. This is, as a heavyweight, these are these are the fights you're looking for because you got one guy, he's a brawler in Taffa, can take big shots. Well, Austin Lane can land big shots, but he's got technique. He's got the ability to take you down. He's got the full game. So that's an interesting matchup also, like you're saying. Got it, got it. Uh, what else? What else you got here? Ah, uh, you got next one, David Onama, who, you know, came in uh, big time, you know, hype behind his name and stuff. I believe it was his last fight that he kind of fell down, uh, lost that one. But Gabriel Santos, very talented young fighter in the featherweight division. Yeah, it was against the train. You know, and that was, he was fighting well. He had, he had his moments. But Nate Landwer is very tenacious, tough, just keeps coming after you. And he just broke it. Uh, Onama down, but there's a lot there with Onama. You can take a look. He's a young fighter. He's got a lot of talent, and so does Gabriel Santos. So this is kind of like which one's going to be taking that step yeah. towards, you know, that next level, or who's the one that's going to kind of take the the backwards trend. So big fight for Onama, I think. Brandon Allen versus Bruno Silva. 
Yeah. I think Allen's on a tough as hell. But Allen's on exactly. a run right now, man. He's doing well. He's uh Yep, and he's since getting his, confident. Since his Chris Curtis loss, I think he's been he's been on fire. Yeah. Ever since you know, you had that Andre Muniz fight, looked great in it. Mm-hmm. You know, really dominated the action. But Bruno Silva, very tough, talented guy. You know, he's had some uh big fights, wasn't able to get the wins against guys like, you know, Pajera and stuff, but this is a great matchup. I really like this one. I would say that Allen is the more definitely on the ground. I like Allen. Mm-hmm. He's because he really does a lot of work down there. Bruno Allen, as far as power, I think he's got the power in the stand up. He's got, you know, heavy hands, but this is a great matchup. Click on Brendan Allen for me, please. Because he, he hasn't lost since Chris Curtis, correct? No, he hasn't lost no. in uh, his last three, four fights. Yeah. Yep. So Sam Alvey and then. Um, Balcone and then Jocko and then yeah, his <clears> fight <throat> against Jocko. He looked, you know, that, look at Jocko's a lo- is a lot better than people give him credit for. Jocko's a yeah. tough sucker. You know, he's now with the PFL, but he's a mm-hmm. good, solid fighter. And he got, he, you know, Jocko is good on the ground and Brendan Allen got a submission on him. I, I just look in and say, right now, Brendan Allen is fighting as good as he has ever looked. You know, he's, mm-hmm. He's his his last two losses are to the trading partners and Chris Curtis and Sean Strickland. Mm. So they kind of have his number for whatever reason, but the duo. Other than that, he's been looking good. Uh the the two guys, yeah, I would never think we would pair up with each other. <laughs> oh no, they're perfect for each other. <laughs> they are perfect for each other. Oh man. Uh, All right, next one. Uh Neil Magny taking Philip Rowe. Philip is a very talented fighter, but Got a lot of uh, experience that he's going up against. You know, I love Neil Magny. I think he's a, as solid a fighter as you'll find. He's got a great ground game. He's got good stand-up. The one thing, maybe he doesn't have the most power. He's more of a volume guy, but he can wrestle. He can defensively wrestle. He can freaking submit you. He is hell on wills if he's on top of you, you know, in the top position, man. He, he lays down big elbows. Mm-hmm. Uh, his stand-up is clean. Philip Rowe, very clean stand-up fighter, very good fighter overall. And so that's a great matchup. But Neil's got the experience. Philip Rowe's got more than youth. I just look at Neil, right? He no matter who he fights, he's a tough fight for anyone. He just yeah, makes it just, a, a, because he, he can fight everywhere. Yeah, he makes it a weird. He's not the best fight. anywhere. No. Nope. But he's good everywhere. He's, he's he's like a John Fitch, just a little bit more athletic. You know, I mean, I got to be like, it's, it's kind of like I say that I say that same thing about myself. You guys is I was never the best wrestler, never the best kickboxer, the boxer, any of that stuff. I never, I never had the best finishing game, but no, you just got to be able to take it wherever your opponent can't take it at that, at that moment. And you've got to outwork them. You've got to out hustle them. Neil Magny's that guy. He's not the best anywhere, but he finds ways to make it work. He's good in the clinch. Hey, I don't want to clinch. Okay. I'm going to make my space, stick the jab in your face and use my push kick. He's good in all these different directions. He gets on top. He's got good submission game. Got good submission defense. He's good all the way around, man. He makes every fight a tough fight. Those are the guys that I hated fighting. Because every time you wanted to exploit somewhere where you thought you had the advantage, it's like, man, these guys are a lot better than I thought when I got down here. You know? <clears throat> so, um, next fight. Randy Brown coming back. Uh, disappointing loss in his last fight against Wellington Terman. Uh, Terman, I believe, is coming down in weight. I, I, I thought he was fighting at middleweight. Hmm. Uh, can you take a look at it and see if it's last? Yeah, fight his was last weight was one eighty five. Yeah, his last recorded weight. Yeah. He's a solid fighter and stuff. I don't know if coming down in weight is the, the right thing. Again, I don't like when guys come down in weight. It's usually not. You know, the speed is not a good thing. But you know, he has taken on some very you know heavy handed guys. We know he's tough. We know he can take a shot. Randy Brown's got a lot of good stand-up. He's super long for the weight class. Very fast, talented guy. Uh, Terman definitely, I think, has the ground advantage. He's, uh, I believe, a black belt in jiu-jitsu and a talented guy there. So this is going to be a, a contrast in styles, in my opinion, of Randy wanting to keep it on the feet and keep it at range and Terman really trying to close the distance on him and get into a clinch and get the fight to the ground. You know, um, when I look at the rest of the prelims here, there's a couple people that I wanted to talk about. Is that I think someone who really is making a real rise is uh, Tabitha Ritchie. She's 
a dog. She's tough. She can get after it. And when I say she's a dog, that's not in a bad way. Okay, it's a very positive way. She's someone that she will get in there and get grimy after it. And Jillian Robertson is is just as much of a tough opponent as well. And Great then submission Zuma, fighter. And then Zuma Gulaf. I thought he retired, but he's still around. <laughs> he's, but he's fun, man. I don't care. He he's just he's fun fighter, to man. watch fight. You know. Do you put him kind of in that same category as a uh, Marvin Vittori? Like he's just he, he's, he'll fight everywhere. He'll, no, like he's no, he hasn't been he'll, as successful. No, <laughs> I didn't mean that part. I meant like in terms oh. of entertainment value. I'll go watch. Oh because God, yeah, Vittori's tough. Yeah. He'll take shots. He'll try to deliver shots. You know, he, we were just talking about how great that fight was with Cannonier and Vittori. I look at yep. Zuma Gulov. Almost all of his fights are fun, even though he's on the losing end of it. Yep, true. they're great fights, man. They're fun to watch. He tries to yep. make it a fight no matter what. He's He's got a ton of experience. What, he's 14 tough and as eight. hell. He's got a beard, tough man. He takes shots. Yep, I agree. Any other fights on here you want to chat about? No, we're good. We're good. All right, well, that's going to wrap up our UFC talk. And uh, before we move on to any of our fan news or fan questions or, or anything like that, let's go to OnlyFans.com slash weighing in. OnlyFans.com slash weighing in. John, I said it the other day. I'm going to say it again. I had a good meeting with them uh, while we were in Chicago. Uh, just real brief though. Yeah, they didn't want to we talk were, to me. No, they were down case side actually calling, actually working. <laughs> me, I was up top, you know, uh, shaking hands, kissing babies. And so they came up and were able to talk to me for a little Mr. bit there. Mr. Smooge. Yes. I was, I was up there eating, uh, eating, um, uh, the Chicago dog. Chicago dog. I know. Yeah. That pisses me off. Podcast Dave anything. loves hot dogs. Um, <laughs> No, I do. He, I do loves, he, loves, he loves eggplant, this. too, by the way. And anyway, drive-through <laughs> once a week. Inside story, guys. Inside story. <laughs> um, but yeah, go ahead. it's a great one. It's, for John and I, it's hilarious. Uh, but go to OnlyFans.com slash weighing in. We are still fighting hard for equal pay for men and women, or for men and women on that. We want equal pay for the men and women on that cha- on that OnlyFans. Not only is that ever going to happen, yeah, John. That's never going to happen. Well, John, if you show me your butthole, it might. <laughs> I'll show it to you, dude. You pay the money. <laughs> you pay the money? How much is it going to cost? Money. John, how much not is it going to cost? It's not worth no. it. <laughs> <laughs> no, we we uh, we were the first podcast they've ever signed and worked with, and so it's been kind of fun working with them. They're, uh, they just put out a, um, a feature piece on Chris Cyborg. They have another one coming out with MVP. John and I do the voiceovers on that, and we uh, give our expertise and our our knowledge on, on these fighters and talk about the history of them as well as uh, what what to look forward to in the future for them. And, um, man, great stuff. All right, what else you got for us, Dave? All right, we're going to hop in in 1FC. They have a tight, one title fight um, this week. It's a mixed card, so this is only MMA on there. Um, so, uh, but they've got a heavyweight MMA title fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a title fight for their heavyweight championship. You got Arjun Bular, who is their heavyweight champion, but got hurt. They had an interim uh, and Anatoly uh, Malkin is just a beast. Comes from the light heavyweight division, went up to to fight for that interim title. He won it. He's a beast. Twelve and zero. He comes to fight. He will throw down with anyone. He's fun to watch. The real question is, can he stop what Arjun does? And Arjun is a good wrestler. You know, and Arjun is he's a stifling wrestler. And if he gets his hands around you. You're going to have a hard time getting away from him and stuff. He's not the greatest in the stand-up, and that's where Anatoly Malkin's got a real shot at, at putting mm-hmm. shots on him because he's got heavy hands. But, you know, as a heavyweight title fight, this one, you know, basically this is their undisputed versus their interim champion, so it doesn't get much better. This is this should be a really good fight to watch in the heavies. Yeah, I think it's obviously a contrast of styles. You've got Anatoly who's going to try to keep this thing on the feet, and you've got Arjun who's going to try to get this fight to the ground. Um, I think once it does hit the ground, it really has to do with how well Anatoly can keep making him make it Arjun work to get back up to his yeah. feet. Because Arjun from the top, he used to train at AK. I know him. I know him for years. You know, he trained with DC with Kane. He was there. He was a mainstay there. Um, uh, I don't know where he's training at now these days, but I think that we'll see how he is now after the injury. But I think the wrestling's going to end up. Uh, being the main feature here. If he can't get the takedown early and he can't get it often and control that top position, trouble. he's going to be in a lot of trouble. A lot of trouble. But it should be a good fight, though. Um, <clears throat> I always look at when I say it should be a good fight. The two of them could end up canceling each other out, you know, where he gets a takedown and it comes down to like the fifth round. It comes down to where, hey, 
If you get taken down this round, you're losing, but you've won two rounds. You could end up seeing something like that, where one person takes a lot of damage in one round, the other person controls the top position and does ground and pound. You could, we could end up seeing a fight like that. It could end up being a great fight, or it could be a, a very one-sided fight with someone getting finished. So, yeah. All right. Well, hey, that's on Friday night, correct? <clears throat> and that should yep. be on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. All right. What else you got for us there? That's going to wrap up the one because that's the only MMA fight on there. But uh, PFL 6 is coming up. The This is the lightweights. And what else they have? This is the last one. Is this the last one of the regular season? I believe so. <clears throat> I, I believe the, so. This is the one that puts everyone either in the uh, playoffs or puts them on the bench. So let's see. It looks like uh, PFL Europe 2. They've got Europe card in July and then the playoffs kick off in August. Yep. Got yeah. it right, John. Got it. All but right, you go. got OA, OAM Oliver Obin Marcier going up against Anthony Romero in the main event. Oliver had a great performance against Shane Burgos. <sighs> got a big win. You know, had the had the big win in winning the PFL, you know, uh lightweight title. He looked fantastic doing it. Got that million dollars for the season prize. Got the belt, but you don't carry that over. They put him against Burgos, which was always the one thing I say. They always take their guys that win and put them against tough fights. If Burgos tough fight, and OAM came out and proved why he's doing so well there, man. He put it on Burgos. He was, you know, took Burgos out of his game, made him, you know, wrestle a lot in the standup. He actually did well with him. I look at this as, you know, Anthony Romero is a talented guy, but everything that OAM does works against Anthony Romero. Romero is very good at range, very good with his stand-up. He's got good kicks. OEM catches kicks well. His stand-up has become a lot more where he's more, he's more confident in it. Not so much that he's going to get just, you know, the ability to knock you out, but he's going to get to the range where he's comfortable and be able to get you to the ground when he wants because he's got great wrestling. This is going to be a tough fight for Anthony Romero. I've watched Anthony fight multiple times in the LFA. He was a great fighter, but this is a tough fight for him. Yeah, this is what I also think, though, is I think OAM, he is someone that will sometimes <clears throat> be too patient. OAM fights to the level of his yeah. opponent. He will be, he'll sit on the outside sometimes and wait for his fighter to come forward. And if Anthony Romero just sticks out there and pot shots him and tries to pick him apart, he may end up losing a close fight, OAM. So he's yeah. got to be aggressive. He's got to get these takedowns. He's got to control that top position. Now, if he gets one takedown around, that might be enough for him to control enough of the, the round to win the round. I'm just saying that OAM, I think I saw in the last, in last year's, he really just, he really didn't do a whole lot because he knew he was already in the finals or he knew that with one takedown, I can control it. This is, the, this is why I have, I have an issue with how they do their, their stuff, but it's, it is, it is what's working for them, I guess. I don't know if it's working or not, but <laughs> it's. I understand what they're doing. They're trying to create a format that people can follow along and get into, but I just don't know if there's enough people to follow along and get into this. But OAM has a tendency well, to follow, sometimes play it safe. You can follow safe. along. You can follow yeah. along, but it's got to make sense. Yeah. And that's, I think, what you're talking about. Sometimes it doesn't make sense because you'll have fighters that beat somebody and that fighter ends up not going to their post. Yeah, uh, their playoffs. Playoffs, and the person that loses does. Yeah, and you go. What the hell is that? No, it's all based that. upon a point system. But that point system is based upon a, what's the level of the person you're fighting. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing I, I've got the the real question with. Because mm -hmm. you can't sit there and tell me, you know, if, if you're the PFL, you can say that well, all of our fighters are good. They're not all. They're not all the same. Yeah, there are levels to you know your fighters, and you know which ones are the best. And sometimes I see guys that are. You know, really good fighting someone that's not. And then I see guys that are really good fighting someone who's really good. Mm -hmm. yeah. No, I agree. But I think OAM has a tendency sometimes to, like you said, fight to the level of his opponent, but also feel like he can just get by just enough to win the fight. Good. Because he doesn't that's want to take any damage, any injuries, knowing that, okay, I'm going to get into the playoffs if I just continue to do this. That can sometimes lead to boring fights. And then you're just leaving it up into the judges, and the judges can... They can look at it make completely different than the way you looked at it. So um, make Anthony, you cry. Anthony Romero, yes, as Burt Watson would say, they can make you cry. But Anthony Romero, he's just got to use his speed, get in, get out without getting taken down and without getting clipped himself on the exit. So should be a good fight, though. Next. Yeah. Well, you got Sadaboy Sai 
taking on Shane Mitchell. Sadabusai Sadabu is the welterweight champion from the PFL for last season. Mm-hmm. So he's been on a string. He won his uh, his first fight. I think it went to a decision, so he only got the three points. Shane Mitchell coming into this. Talented guy, but he's look, if you're going to beat Sadabu, you got to get him to the ground. He's got good stand up. He's got clean strikes. He's he fights well with his uh, length. You take you got to take him off his feet and make life miserable for him. We'll see if Shane Mitchell could do that. And then the next fight is Shane Burgos <laughs> versus uh, Yamamoto Nishikawa. Nishikawa, yeah. Shane, um, it's, it's I think it's kind of weird though. Some fighters like they go from the UFC and they come here and then I think they think. That they're going to go be right to be in their champion, and it's a it's a it's a problem because we've seen a lot of the guys good fighters that have left. everywhere. There's, yeah, there's good fighters everywhere, but we've seen with Shane like he was a, he was a monster at 145, and he didn't want to make the weight anymore, so he decided to fight here at, at 155. You know, and so he's have he's he's going to have some tough fights. I think where he had the big time advantage was man, he is a monster at 145, strong, physically strong, big punching power. <coughs> Oh man, <laughs> still sick. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Breathe. Breathe. Someone give him the Heimlich. Yeah, right. This is my, oh my gosh. What's in that thing? Oh my gosh. Punch him in the head. The real question I have is, what the hell did you swallow or choke on? <laughs> Nothing. You were talking. <clears throat> no. Would you swallow your words? No, I don't know. You inhaled water. Oh, calm down, Dave. Mr. Eggplant himself. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. You, you got one job. Just talk for yeah. an hour and a half. It's one so okay. Yeah. Just call him EPK. Oh. So, I mean, I look, I look at him like, is, he, is, it, is there any interest in him going back down to 45? You know, if he doesn't, if he doesn't make it work in this lightweight tournament and to win that million dollars, is there any interest in him going back down? I don't know how old he is. How, I mean, how old is Shane Burgos? No, Shane's not that old. He's like 31, I believe. 32. 32. 32. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to do it, you got to probably try and do it now. <clears throat> After this year, if he doesn't make, if he doesn't win the million dollars. Look, he's got his hands full with Nishikawa. Mm-hmm. Nishikawa is good. He's a talented fighter. He's got good submissions. He's got good stand-up. He can fight. You know, I'm, I don't think he has the power of Shane Burgos. Yeah, but he's he's a well-rounded fighter. This guy is no chump. Not many people have the power of Shane Burgos. <clears throat> I never well, had it. So I never there had power. Are more. <laughs> I never had power. <laughs> so, uh, next fight, Magomed Magomed Karamov, fantastic fighter. I think one of the best fighters that they've ever had in the PFL. The guy can really go. And then yeah, he's been beat, but he's a solid fighter that can beat anybody going up against David Zawada that's uh to get uh I think either one of them into the finals whoever wins it goes into the finals mm-hmm. uh even if they don't but my that that is not an easy fight for Z- Zawada <clears throat> he's got his hands full there no he's a tough fight <clears throat> Magomed Mag- uh Magomed Karamov is a tough fight for anyone tough tough fight who's this I, I don't know I feel like I've seen him fight uh, Magomed um, Umalatov. Umalatov. I feel like I've seen him Umalatov. fight. You have. I'm sure I have. Pull I just up his record. For some reason, it. I can't. I can't picture like who. <clears throat> who did he fight? Yeah, Delano Taylor. Saw, saw he, that. He took, yeah, no. He, well, Delano Taylor. Taylor was in the finals mm-hmm. of the PFL and lost to Sadabusai. You know, but Delano Taylor had beaten Rory McDonald. That was Roy McDonald's um, last fight, retirement fight, and freaking Umatalov just tore him apart. So what happened to Umatalov? He just didn't make it to the finals, though. How, how did that all work out? No, no. This is the new year here. Uh, this is the new year for the mm-hmm. last one. He got a fight in there, um, and then pulled out. Uh, I think he had his mm-hmm. uh, injury, and then it happened to him again after he fought. Uh, what was it? Uh, was it Lando Silva that he fought in that? I don't know. But the guy can fight. He's good. He's undefeated, man. He's he's hmm. a good fighter. He's one of them. 
Look at you got these guys. He's got a ton region. of finishes. It's like TKO, 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 KO, TKO, TKO. Yep. If you look at his record, he's 13 and 0. I just can't see him get on top the last of time I've seen him they fight. They can't get away from him. Yeah. Yeah, I can't picture the, the last Delano time. Delano Taylor fight, he just he just knocked him out. It was a beautiful. Yeah. You know. But the guy he's going against in Lopez Miranda undefeated. You got two guys, 16 and 0 and 13 and 0 going up against each other. Someone's That's pretty gonna interesting. Go. Someone's always going to go. Then you got Clay Collar taking on Stevie uh, Stevie Ray. I you know, love watching Clay Collar fight. Love watching Stevie Ray fight. He's a gamer. Uh, they go about it differently. Stevie's going to want to get this fight to the ground. Clay's going to want to keep it on the feet. Mm -hmm. We'll see who can uh, make that a reality. But the other other fight that you have on here that's really a good fight, you got Nathan Schultz against Roush Manfio. Mm -hmm. Both guys have been the PFL champion, and that's really a good matchup. All right, all right. So that's uh, that's also on Friday night. Yeah, that one is. That is. You can watch that on ESPN Plus. So good for them, man. I mean, feel like this. I feel like this is a lot better card than last week's card. This is. You know, they got a lot of good fights on this card. Well, they're mixing the welterweights with their uh, featherweights, and a lot of their lightweights are on here too. They have a couple featherweight fights on here. Mm -hmm. so they have welterweights, featherweights, and lightweights. <clears throat> yep. All right, well, hey, that's going to wrap up our PFL talk. Uh, what else you got for us, Dave? All right, I want to go into this first story here. Um, we're going to have some fun with these stories today. So uh, first one uh, comes from a pro boxer who sparred with Nate Diaz ahead of this fight with Jake Paul. It was quite interesting. It just kind of points out the, the freakishness of Nate Diaz. Now, he does speak in a different language, so I'm just going to read off uh, what he said. Here's what um, Esquiva Falcao undefeated boxer, had to say about sparring session with Nate Diaz. At first I thought he was tired, and in the end it looked like he was dying. His fighting style is crazy. You look at him and say, oh, he's tired, and then we started sparring. Uh, coach told me in the second round, he's tired already, hold back a little bit and keep the rhythm so he does at least 10 rounds. I held back and kept boxing and we did 12 rounds. He was tired but taking punches and throwing two. He is bad, he is bad, but, he's, uh, but since he's too heavy, he's overweight, probably 220 or more. What? And I'm... <laughs> And I'm the only big guy in the gym. I had to do it, but I like doing it. <clears throat> so a couple of things there. The weight and then uh, just that freakishness of Nate where it looks like he looks like he's tired, but he just, you know, you're saying hold back so we can do at least 10, but he goes 12. I don't think Nate could get to 220. Oh, John. Okay. <clears throat> no, not being I, I, a guy I, that's I, training. Nah. I not mean, being well, a guy that's training. No. That fight. That fight's coming up, too. It's like the end of June. Yeah, but no, it was in August. Well, it's, it's not August. It's August, yeah. Oh, it was in August? August. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was the end First of week June. Of August. <clears throat> I expect you to be going to that fight. I probably will. Be right it's going to be in your backyard, in baby. It's going to be in Dallas. <clears throat> but seriously, look, you know, Nate's not 220 pounds. Ain't no freaking way. Okay? No way. <laughs> but, you know, him training I and, mean, you know, He's obviously down in Riverside at Robert Garcia's gym. That's awesome. Robert's a great guy. That's who uh, is uh, working there. But <clears throat> Nate can box. Nate's been boxing with a lot of guys. And, again, I think Jake Paul can definitely beat him. He can knock him out. But it ain't going to be easy. He's going to have to hit him with the right <clears throat> shot. And the other part is Nate gets a beautiful 10 seconds to get his ass up. Well, nine to get his, you know, get up. And then you get a couple more seconds as the referee's going to be saying, step to your right, step to your left, or whatever he's going to be doing. So that's time that, you know, Nate normally doesn't get if he gets rocked that he will be getting, which is only going to help him. And if this thing starts to get into the later rounds and he's now it's at a 10 round fight, that works towards Nate's advantage. The 10 rounds and the ability to take shots and just keep coming forward and deliver volume. Yeah, Jake's going to have a lot of volume coming his way. And, and guys that deliver volume can take you out of your game because you, you're looking for your counters. You're looking for your time for you to throw hard. And it just never seems to get there because they're always moving and it's just throwing you off. I think it's a good fight. <clears throat> I mean, I think he's I think he's over 200 pounds. I think he's probably pushing to <laughs> 208. Two two ten. No he's probably somewhere in there. Two, two and Come eight. on, see, no way. Two and nine, Josh. He's two oh nine. Two oh nine. There you go, man. 
No, he's he's, he's over two hundred pounds. He's his body frame allows it. He's he's six. What is he? Six two. You know, yeah, he's, he's at yeah, least he's, yeah, he's six two, six somewhere around there. I think he's taller than his brother. Yeah, I think he's taller than Nick. They're, they're close. Nick yeah, but anyways, I think I think his body frame will allow him to do it's it. It's gonna he's, say Nick is Nate is six foot. And he's not six foot. No, he's not six foot. He's taller than six. Foot. It does say six foot. Yeah, he's, not, yeah, Nick he's taller than six foot. Yeah, it's six. It says Nick six one. So yeah, that's what I said. They're, they're close to the same height. Hmm. But I think I hey. think the fact it's gonna help him that it went, it's going ten rounds now. So ten rounds will be uh, beneficial for him. Put the pace on him. <clears throat> this this pro boxer who he's talking about. He's saying everything that we've always known. Yep. That Nate is somebody that can stand. <clears throat> Nate is someone that can stand with anybody. He can do it, and he and he will do it. So we'll see if he can weather the storm, though, in those first couple rounds. He's got to have to put pressure and a lot of output. <clears throat> a lot of output yep. make him fight a very uncomfortable fight. Very much how much Tommy Fury did. But Tommy Fury's got power. Nate doesn't have a lot of yeah, power. Tommy Fury's got speed. Yeah, Nate doesn't have that either. Tommy Fury's got fast hands. But Nate can't afford to give away the first couple of rounds, letting um, Jake just kind of wander around the the cage and earn the cage with the ring and do whatever he wants. Otherwise, if you, he's going to have to use those first couple of rounds to really put pressure on him to make him fight an uncomfortable fight. <clears throat> if he's able to do that, then I think he'll have a chance in those later rounds. But if he just lets Jake want you know run around the run around the the ring and just Quit saying punch can't. punch whenever he wants, yeah. then. Um, then I think it's going to be a harder fight for him. We'll see. Yeah, I'm rooting for Nate though. No. Yeah, man. Look, really? I've said it. I've said it vocally. I really like Nick and Nate a lot. Both of them. I think yep, they're great so for I. the sport. I like they're both great. They're both great for the sport, and they're real people, they're, they've man. They've been fantastic. Yep. <clears throat> what you see That's is what the, you get. They're real. Yeah. <laughs> what you they're see not phony for anything. Get. They're gonna look at this is who we are, and if you don't like it, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, it's great. I like it. All right, next. What else you got for All us? Right. <clears throat> Yeah, so I wanted to um, get you guys' thoughts. We've kind of talked about the Ngannou Jones thing a lot, but they did come face-to-face at PFL uh, this past weekend. Uh, Jones was cornering and Ngannou was there. And um, and, and the gist of it's hard to really hear because of the um, because of the background noise and all that, but the gist was, um, you know, just kind of squaring each other up. And then um, Ngannou was kind of taking shots, saying that John that John took three years to come up to heavyweight, and obviously around the time that Ngannou left or after he left, so the, it's kind of blaming John on the fight not happening. Uh, John saying that um, he left the promotion, um, so you know that's why the fight didn't happen. Um, and then Ngannou was kind of saying. Well, you're over there. I'm over here. Let's meet somewhere in the middle. So, don't quite know what that means, but um, but interesting <laughs> moment just to see them come face to face. What do you guys think? The meet in the middle. Where, where the hell is the middle? <laughs> like, <laughs> there is no middle. There is no. Unless middle. you can say it's Bellator. <clears throat> <laughs> you got the USC on this end. You got the PFL. PFL. Bellator in the middle. I think you just. They're not meeting. The middle would be boxing. To me, I feel like the middle would be boxing. Oh, well, that would not fight. be a smart move for John. No. And John's not going to be able to do that. So what, there's no point in even looking at it. Mm. Dana's not going to let John Jones go box Francis Ngano. I think this if is John what... Jones was going to, hold on, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. If John Jones was going to have a MMA fight against Francis Ngano, mm-hmm. what's the one way he loses? Yeah, on the feet by knockout. Okay. But John, let me ask you this. In a fairy tale world, fairy, fairy tale tale world, like if I was to say like, hey, let's just say John ends up getting the fight with uh, Tyson Fury, and let's okay. say Deontay Wilder gets the fight with Francis Ngannou, yeah, and let's just say, and I'm talking about, like, and let's just say that both of them were able to beat them. Would you would would you then say would would you think that maybe that Dana and Francis people would get together and say, you know what, we just beat two of the best boxers in the world. Why don't we have you two do a boxing match? This is a fairy tale, <laughs> obviously fairy tale. Because <clears throat> I don't, I don't think any of them beat. I don't think any, I don't think any of these guys can beat Tyson Fury in boxing. Uh, no, because no. they can't. No. It ain't happening. <clears throat> you know, yeah. but uh, but it'd be fun. I, I don't know, and I think matchup wise, I think that Ty, I think uh, Deontay Wilder is a bad matchup for Francis. Like on the, in boxing, <clears throat> I think Tyson Fury is a bad matchup too. Yeah, in boxing, yeah, and. In boxing, both guys get killed. I think I think the Anthony Joshua fight's a good fight for Francis and Ghana. 
if I was going to pick one because yeah, yeah. Look at, and there's no, Deontay can take a shot too. Mm-hmm. Oh, you yeah. got it. If you're going to say who's got the weakest chin out of all of them, you would say Anthony Joshua. You know, mm-hmm. and it's been tested multiple times, but you know the power. Look at, Deontay hits as hard as Francis does, no doubt about it. That right hand, I would say, Deontay hits you know every bit as hard, if not harder. Tyson doesn't hit as hard as either guy, but he's just the better boxer by far. But I, I, I love John, you know, trying to, you know, size up uh, Francis there. <laughs> you know, I li- and I like the fact that Francis was pointing out that John now has, instead of a six pack, he's got a keg. Yeah, he's got the dad bod. <clears throat> he's got the belly. That's all belly. right. That belly will go stuff. a long ways. Somebody was texting what me. What happens said, in the heavies? Someone. Somebody was, oh God, not somebody, I had a couple people that texted me, but <clears throat> one of them had texted me and said, it's sad that they spent so much time focusing on this because the fights weren't that good. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, that's taking away from the ones that had great performances that night. That sucks. Yeah. <clears throat> but this is news though. This is news. It's never going to happen, yeah. but it's news. <clears throat> no. It'll never happen. This, they're both going to go their own way. They're done. That's right. Yep. <clears throat> they're both in different promotions and they're not going to see each other. And that's fine. Next. Uh, yep. Um, next one is, so you can take in shots, uh, Michael Chandler, uh, talking about Chandler thinking he's going to get the corner fight. He said, if you think you're going to get the fight with Connor, you're as dumb as your fight IQ. So first <laughs> of all, taking shots about the corner fight. Do you guys agree that the fight's not going to happen? Uh, B, um, would, is this a fight that you think you'd like to see? It seems like he wants I, to say. I've up. said for some time. I don't think that fight's happening. Yeah. How, how long ago was it? I I said that fight. I, he's not fighting him. I don't see it happening. And again, Connor's Connor had to do certain things to even make it happen in the in the year of 2023. That's not happening. You know, and and, and people have to understand. There's reasons why the UFC has taken shortcuts with fighters in the past when it came to the USADA program, and it has bitten them in the ass. And they can't do it anymore because some of those fighters still have lawsuits out over those things. And the UFC can't sit there and look, because it's Connor, they would like to shorten the time of how much time he has to be in that program. But since these other fighters have these lawsuits, the UFC can't go against it. And they're going to have to stick with what the USADA schedule is. And it's six months. That's why Henry Cejudo wasn't able to get that fight early. He had to go the six months. It's just what it is. And so this fight now, if it was going to be Connor against Mike Chandler, doesn't happen until 2024. Okay. It's still not going to happen in 2024. They're, they're going to end up fighting somebody different. And I, and I, I kind of like the fact that Sarukian goes, basically tries to say, look, you know, if you think you're fighting him, you're not, and, you know, and I don't like your fight IQ anyways, which makes me want to fight you, which makes Sarukian smart. Yeah, <clears throat> but I can tell you Sarukian can't afford to get hit as much as he got hit that last fight like he, by Michael Chandler. Chandler's got some power, yeah. man. <clears throat> I get it. I'll tell you what. I'll take Sarukian right now against yeah, Michael Chandler. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not, I'm not Michael Chandler that. is tailor-made for Sarukian. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. And Sarukian because- at this point of his career – you know, Michael Chandler was a good wrestler. Mm-hmm. Doesn't wrestle levels now. Yep, right. Doesn't wrestle. Doesn't want to wrestle. Just wants to be entertaining. Cherukian's yep. um, <clears throat> commented a couple times on some of our videos, saying, "Yeah, he's got the dumbest fight IQ in the game." He's like, and I, "He's <laughs> like, I don't understand why people keep saying he's a good fighter." He's like, "He's tough." He's like, "But he's not." He's, he is tough. Said, yeah, he's tough. Look, he, <clears throat> I'll say he is a good fighter. He's got good skills. He does. He's entertaining. Yeah. Okay. And I like Michael Chandler. I know, you know, I don't care what anyone else thinks, mm-hmm. but I like Michael Chandler and he is entertaining. And I think, and like I said, I think on our last show, I think he's great for any promotion that he is part of. But if you're going to ask me, do I think he fights smart at this point of his career? No, I think he tries no. to be more entertaining than he does try to be a smart fighter. Yep. <clears throat> hey, he's getting paid though. He's getting paid pretty well, which is good for him. And that makes him. A smart businessman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this, I think if you were to mash these guys up, and I don't think Michael Chandler's taking that fight ever. 
No. <clears throat> he's not trying not to fight an up and comer. He's not trying to fight someone who can who can do everything that he can do. He can wrestle. They're almost very similar body frames. Oh yes, um, they are. You know. <clears throat> they're uh they're both good on the feet, you know. Not great, but both good on the feet. And then uh in the wrestling department, I think Saruki being the younger fighter, he's gonna just wrestle him down, wrestle him down, really try to wear him down, make his arms feel heavy, all of those things. But I'd like to see it. Sign me up, man. I'd like to see it. Sign me up. Yeah. Next. I agree. All right, uh, we have Hamza looking for a fight, not Dana White looking for a fight. But Hamza, <laughs> Hamza looking, for, looking for, a for a fight. There's a program. <laughs> uh, Hamza is saying that he wants to fight in Paris and then do a quick turnaround and fight in Abu Dhabi in October. Um, kind of interesting that he's saying I Paris because that's in September. So is it because he doesn't? He just wants to do back to back training camps, or is it because of the European visa situation? I've or? heard. I've heard he's had a problem with getting a U.S. visa, so. There's the possibility that you know by fighting in Paris, he can get into Paris. That that's not a problem for him, and then he can get into Abu Dhabi, and that's not a problem for him, and that could get him two fights down the road. And and look, he needs to fight. This is a guy that was ready to fight anybody and was willing to fight. You know, hell, back to back weeks, and it was one of the things that got people interested in him. And he's fun to watch. He's a good fighter, uh, but he needs to get some middleweight fights because. Mm -hmm. His last, you know, showing was basically him missing weight, fighting Kevin Holland, you know, instead of Nate Diaz. And that it just left a bad taste with everything that happened. He if he's gonna be part of the middleweight division, he needs some middleweight fights. Yeah. <clears throat> Give me who you want him to fight. <clears throat> you you saw it in the last last uh Saturday. I want to see him fight Jared Cannonier. I think that's a great fight. Okay. I think Cannonier has, the, you know, the wrestling that, you know, he can stop some of what Kamzat. He can't stop all of it, but he's got power. And we've seen that Kamzat, you know, the, if, if he's going to fight Kamzat, it should be a five round fight. Kamzat is in shape all the time, but he did get tired against Gilbert Burns when he had a guy pressing him. And I know that Jared Cannonier will press him. And you know, it's, hey, when someone is pressing you in a fight, and you cannot make those moments when you get to catch air and get a breath. It becomes a long sprint that is not fun to be in. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I think I think uh, Kenner is a perfect fight for him. Kenner has the output, as we saw last weekend. He's got the conditioning. He's got the cardio. He's got good takedown defense. He's able to. He will be there in the third and fourth round. Outside of getting clipped, like maybe early in the fight. <clears throat> I don't. I don't know. I think. I think Hamza. He's a fantastic fighter. I just think there's certain guys that stylistically are going to push him. I think uh, Cannonier is one of those guys. Bobby Knuckles being the next. Um, yep. Those two guys, I think, are going to get would give him fits, especially especially Bobby Knuckles. <clears throat> uh, who else is in that weight class there, Dave? <clears throat> Cannonier did, by the way, say in the post fight presser, he's like, he's like, I don't want to fight. Hamza, unless the UFC tell me that he's between the title and me. So okay, uh, and and I don't blame. Cannoneer for that. You got to figure Cannoneer has stepped over uh, Vittori as far as the rankings, and only mm -hmm. Robert Whitaker is in front of him. So he can either fight Robert Whitaker again for that mm -hmm. title match. But if they tell him, hey, you get to win against Shemaev, that's a title matchup, then yeah, yeah, I'll take that one. I don't blame him for anything he said there. I guess for me with Shemaev, though, the fight that I want to see him is him and uh, Paula Costa. That's the fight I want to see. Those two guys. That's a great fight. <clears throat> Costa's got good takedown defense. He's got good power. You know, I mean, like, they would they would get down and get after it. I mean, I think it'd be a good fight. I'd love to see that fight. That's the fight to make. That one or the Cannoneer fight. One of those two fights. He can't keep, uh, he, he's got to get busy. You know, he's got to get busy. So, all right, next, what else you got for us, Dave? All right, we'll wrap up on this last one here. Uh, Antonio Bigfoot Silva. Retired after that last fight he had um, against the young Salim El Usiadi guy, <laughs> and um, but wants to come out of retirement to fight him again because he doesn't believe he lost the decision. Is it really retirement when you're already back after what a couple days? <laughs> like it's not really retirement, you know? Uh, no, like I, I think it's, I think it says retract my retirement. So uh, okay. reverses course plans to unretire. Right. Okay, that's that's what the headline says. Well, John. 
I want him to wrap up his career. Like we're about to wrap up this podcast. Okay. <laughs> like it's, quick time. It's like, it's gonna happen. It's gonna have to happen quick, buddy. Cause it's, it's been long overdue. Whoever's in his friend, whoever is, if he's got a wife, if he's got family, like tell him to stop. Tell him to stop. He should have stopped long ago. Long time ago. Now this is David. Do me a favor. I'm sorry. I'm going to try to pull up Bigfoot's, uh, record fight career record because really what what i want you to look at and i I tell guys all the time when you get knocked out three times okay not not tko stoppages but knocked out three times look you better start thinking about other things to do and if you go down his damn you know career you know you got and this is this isn't even but you know Cain velasquez tko he got you know he was bleeding all over the place. He got crunched. But then Andre Arlovsky knocked him out. Frank Mir knocked him out. And then this is not TKOs. This is knockouts. Mm-hmm. Okay? You have Mark Hunt TKO'd him in there. But then it was Stefan Struve knockout. There's your three right there. And that was back in 2016. Back in 2016, Roy Nelson knockout. Okay, I did that fight. I remember it. You know, he and it was one of those. You're looking, you go. It just there comes a point where it's over. Then Vitaly Minikov knockout, and then Oleg Popov knockout. You know, he's got all these losses, and, and then on top of those, Josh, not one of these is one of the boxing matches that he's had because he's had multiple yeah. boxing matches, and he got knocked out in all of them. This is the kind of thing that you're going to see where this person then, you know, all of a sudden they're going to say, oh, he's got, you know, Alzheimer's, he's got Parkinson's. No, no. His brain has been punched and damaged and concussed so many times that the sport, combat sports, is the cause of what we're seeing. It's time to retire. It's over. Stop fighting. Yeah. I mean, you look at... Look, scroll scroll up a little bit more there, <clears throat> Dave. Like you go even before that though. There's the Oh yeah, you can Dale go down Cormier there. There's knockout. more KOs. There's the Cain oh, Velasquez yeah. knockout, Cain Velasquez again knockout. I mean, you've got you, you know, you've got these fights. You got Ver, uh, Verdum no so forth. Anyways, but scroll scroll back up to where you were. <clears throat> like even the draw there with Mark Hunt. Do you remember that fight? It was a fucking yeah. knockdown drag out between the two of them. And so it wasn't like he got knocked out a couple times in that fight and then fought his way back hurt. into a draw. He yeah. got hurt. So it's not like it was boom, knocked out, fight was over. No, no, he was boom, dropped. He came with some big shots, got back up, boom, dropped. It was like it was a knockdown, drag out fight on both of them. And then to go on, Andre Alofsky, you know, Frank Mir. I mean, what? it's like Josh Hunt again. I mean, <sighs> Josh, if you take a look at his last 12 fights, his last 12 fights, his record. Is one ten and one. Jeez, that's not a guy that should be fighting. No, no. And like I said, he's had multiple boxing and kickboxing fights in between there, and got knocked out in those. This is it's stop. It's you know, I'm not only saying it's bad for you; it's bad for the sports. You know, people should not be licensing him at this point. Shame on you if you are. Yeah, every every promotion he fights in is, you guys are just pieces of shit, you know. Yeah, <clears throat> that's really what it comes down to. They've got to stop, and they, his his family and his friends and everyone. You guys got to find a way to get through to him. I don't know what it is, but you got to find a way to get through to him because he shouldn't be fighting. You know, well. Alex Davis used to be his manager, and Alex left him. It's because he he wanted to keep fighting when Alex was telling him, "Hey, it's time to stop," you know. And that was a long time ago. Jeez. And he's continued on, and, and you know, look. This is where you look at the the combat sports world, and you say, "Man, we need to get rid of the blood sucking leeches yeah. that think it's a good idea to take and put someone's life on the line so they can make a dollar." Mm-hmm. You know, when you have someone that's been hurt as many times as he has, been knocked out as many times as he has, been stopped as many times as he has, it's over. He doesn't have the skill set anymore he once was a good fighter it's yeah. no longer there yeah let him be and, and and someone you know 
he's got to realize that because you know he's the biggest problem because he wants to do it because there's money involved i forgot he fought kane twice oh yeah i forgot about the i thought he only fought him the one time no he fought him twice no he fought him twice interesting Hi, well, hey, that's going to wrap up our show. Hope you guys enjoyed this show. This is our midweek show. Go to WayneInMerch.com. Pick up some of our apparel there at WayneInMerch.com. And uh, go to OnlyFans.com slash WayneIn. OnlyFans.com slash WayneIn. Subscribe to us there. It is free, completely free. Submit your fan questions over there at OnlyFans.com slash WayneIn. John, take us away, bud. Everyone out there, I hope you have a great week. Enjoy the fights when they come up on Friday night. I hope you're watching those and Saturday, and we will see you.